Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokora Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Colleen Flaherty. She is a personal trainer based out of San Diego, California. She specializes in working with pregnant women and also women that are postpartum. This is a really fun conversation, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Before we get started on this podcast with Colleen, I got to tell you about a whole bunch of stuff I have going on in my life right now. So the very first thing is I was a guest on the Restoring Human Movement podcast with Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. Uh, The name of the episode is Don't Be a Liability. Uh, We had a really fun conversation, so please go to iTunes and subscribe to his podcast. He has a lot of really good content for practitioners as well as clients and patients. So I couldn't recommend that enough. Number two is probably one of the more exciting things that I have going on, and that is the workshop that Andy Shea and I put together called Rethinking Movement. And we're hosting it at his gym, Movement Reborn in San Diego, California, May 25th and 26th. The link to sign up is in the bio of my Instagram page as well as Indy's, and we also have a rethinking.movement Instagram page. So please go and follow that. And the link to sign up is there. So uh, sign up if you're interested. The next thing and even more exciting than that last thing is I'm finally done with CrossFit forever. Uh, Me and CrossFit have parted ways. And so uh, I am teaming up with Brenda Cabral of Thrive Athletics here in Flagstaff, Arizona. We're going to open a gym that is conducive to relearning human movement. And our purpose of our gym is to build skill and strength inside the gym so you can go and perform outside of it. So we want you to get your fitness outside the gym, mountain biking, hiking, running, whatever it is, and we will help you get better at your skill. So stay tuned to my Instagram page for updates on that. Really exciting stuff. We're going to get this podcast started right now with Colleen Flaherty. Here we go. Colleen, my friend, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm amazing as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I'm going to ask you rapid fire questions. I haven't done this in a long time. so. so excited. You ready? Yeah. Okay. What was the first car you ever owned? Uh, the bar car I just bought because I've never owned a car by myself. So it's a Kia Nero. Really? Dang. Yep. Well, congratulations on your first car. Thanks. 32 <laughs> years old. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Where are you from? Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York. So you traveled all the way across the country to where you live now. I did. I drove across the country and it was spectacular. In somebody else's car? Well, it was my the car that my parents bought for me Mm. yeah interesting so what car was that then a subaru forester a subaru forester see this so that was the first car you technically owned 
but this latest one is the first car you ever bought for yourself. Correct. Correct. Adulting. See, yay, <laughs> you lied to me right away, straight off the podcast. Everybody heard it. <laughs> Who's your favorite superhero? Mm, the first thing that came to mind was Wonder Woman, so I guess yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah, she's pretty good. That movie was pretty rad. I was Ooh. a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, talk about your background and kind of so where you started out athletically and then what got you into uh, being a coach? I started off playing soccer. Um, one sport kid, loved it. I was super competitive and aggressive, so I loved knocking people over. <laughs> I was a defender. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it really was, but when I was like 13, 14 in high school, it must have been like gym class, we got introduced to the weight room and I became obsessed. I just loved hitting the weights and working out and I didn't have proper guidance. You know, I was a teenage female just, you know, doing my own thing. There was really nothing, you know, 12, 15 years ago that was really structured for female athletes. And so you know, later down the road, I realized I was my own demise because I ended up tearing both my ACLs playing soccer just because I was so quad dominant. Um, you know, I wasn't doing any posterior chain work. <laughs> that, that wasn't a thing um, yeah. that they were teaching, you know, middle school, high school athletes. And we, you know, I was part of that age where we were seeing all the female ACL tears and finally they did tons of studies and realized like hey we should be doing something to train females differently yeah, and weird, right? <laughs> yeah it's so weird um and so that physical therapy experience you know going through having my you know identity loss I I was very much an athlete and identified with that role um very strongly so having that taken away and no mental emotional support really threw me for a loop. Um, and I had to do that work <laughs> in my twenties to identify those wounds and, um, all of that, that juicy stuff. Um, but yeah, there was something along the journey that I loved helping my girlfriends work out and lift weights. And I just felt so empowered. I wanted other people to feel that empowered and, I went to school for art therapy and love psychology and I love being creative. So that's where those two things really came together. Nice. And, but I, it was the, something about sitting a, at a desk all day that was like really tripping me up. Like my heart wasn't in being inside when all of my jobs that I had up into that point were like coaching soccer, nannying, babysitting, running kids' birthdays. I was always heavily involved in the kid and the family dynamic. So one day I remember calling my dad and I just started crying because I was going to drop out of grad school. And I was like, I think I want to become a personal trainer. And he was like, good for you. And it was the best thing ever. <laughs> right on. And, so, I'm going to interrupt you right there because yeah, yeah. before we get going. too far. So um, <laughs> we're going to rewind to where you had this uh this deep emotional um kind of reorganization in your 20s to where yeah. you like had your you know you lost your identity which was a, a athlete that played soccer right yep totally. 
Totally. Yep. And then um, let's talk about that and unpack that a little bit because that's really interesting because a majority of people just kind of, I feel, float through life until they hit their midlife crisis, yeah. but you just got that shit out of the way right away. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, well, I think what really made me face the, the shit was I became a business owner and yeah. I, I don't know, you just hit certain things like along the way and um, like roadblocks or like things that you're like, why, why isn't, why, why am I feeling this way? Why are other people reacting this way, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I luckily in Rochester, I had a studio that I opened um, and I just, I love networking. I love connecting with people. And I luckily found a lot of great women who had been doing the work. And so I got introduced into like what that phrase even means. And I got introduced to a lot of resources and tools um, to help, you know, unpack all of that. And so I think that acceptance of, wow, I did this to myself um, like I tore my ACLs myself, um, was like the biggest aha moment was yeah. like having acceptance for that because up until that point I had blamed everyone else. I had blamed, you know, my yeah. coaches and I had blamed the world for not knowing how to train me or, you know, all of the, my parents for not knowing to be the adult and get their daughter a personal trainer. You know, I don't know. I, um, it was, it was that, that was the story. That's um, so fascinating. So, <laughs> so because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really into a lot of this uh, emotional work that mm-hmm. um, I've been doing since uh, the first time I met you when I took uh, Joseph Schwartz's course yeah. and um, the knee represents the inability to bend or the inability to move forward. And right. so Correct. like from what I'm learning is that there's, there's, obviously not all injuries, like obviously shit happens, but Mm -hmm. there's sometimes where an injury will happen because it's a subconscious emotion that you've been holding onto for so long that has been trying to manifest itself and then it manifests itself so that you deal with it. Right. Right. And I, that makes a lot of sense. I read that in one of the things that you had that you showed us, I looked at the knee and yeah. I read that and I was like, hmm, that's really interesting. Cause when I was like, when I was that age, I, again, like going through down this path and like doing all the work and like reflecting on how I felt in those ages, I felt very, um, unheard, like unsupported. And I, not that I was like unhappy, but I just felt, um, very, um, I don't know what the right word would be. I guess I, I'll just chalk it up to like unsupported by like parents and like adults in my life. Um, and then that caused me to like tear my ACLs and then I would just rebelled. I straight up stopped giving a shit about anybody and just did whatever I wanted. And then I was like a rebellious teenager. Um, but that's how I expressed it was right not caring if I hurt my parents by, you know, staying out all night or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, an inability to bend or move forward. Right. So that's essentially like stubbornness, right. Or, uh, inability to move forward is like what you're talking about where you're like, 
uh, in the victim mindset. Nobody's doing mm-hmm. anything for me. This isn't working for me and it's their fault. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, so. And you're, and you're like 15 and 16 years old. <laughs> right. Right. Where? Which is how you're <laughs> supposed to be. Right. But that's what I'm saying is like, you got that shit out of the way so early to where you could actually like formulate who you are and develop to this point where you're probably a decade or and a half ahead of everybody else. That's like, mm-hmm. like emotionally. Right. Right. So, right. Um, and then, so, oh man, there's so much I want to unpack here. So then <laughs> yes. like, so looking back on it, um, was you feeling unsupported and you feeling hurt unheard? Was that something that you imposed on the world around you? Do you think that you manifested that? Or do you think that your parents were really not supporting you or really not hearing what you were trying to say, or you didn't really quite know how to articulate what you wanted to say so that you can mm. heard in the way that you wanted to? There's so much. So yeah, I've, I've, this is, this has been like <laughs> worked on. <laughs> right. So, so I mean, it comes down to the fact that like my parents were raised a certain way and that's how they uh, parented me. Um, that's what I realized in in doing all of this. So in the moment of being a teenager, I blamed my parents because they were very authoritative and very non-emotional and they never asked questions into discovering what I truly felt versus just staying on the surface. So that's where that unsupportiveness came from. I realized um, later down the road when I started actually like observing my parents and like mm-hmm. how they are um, in their personalities and asking them questions about parenting and what I was like when I was a kid and a teenager. Um, and my, both of them were raised very strict um, as in like my mom was like raised Catholic and then my dad was raised with a, uh, um, father who was in like World War II and he was uh, my grandfather's favorite phrase was a word and a blow and the blow will come first and like like you didn't talk back like you just oh, walked man. away <laughs> and then so um crazy and yeah, so th- and this <laughs> is all just like so <laughs> so it just was oh you, you go <laughs> so this is like this thing that I'm like really diving into right now so there's all these emotions that that you have and a lot of them are inherited from either your parents or your grandparents or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so like you know so your grandfather was raised that way by his yeah. grandfather and vice versa right. or whatever just genetically. And this is mm-hmm. so fascinating how you're like breaking the mold of that. Right. But I just feel like this is bullshit. Everybody needs to feel their emotions because we are emotional creatures and we, Mm -hmm. we respond emotionally before we respond logically. And so that's why, so like, and you know, I've been saying this for the last couple of months, but men are screwed because we're not allowed to have emotions at all. And women are screwed because if they are emotional, then they're just like, Oh, they're PMSing or whatever. And just blow it off. So then everybody's just like screwed. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But but the fact, (laughs) Lena, what I'm saying is, is is like the fact that you survived into adulthood means that your parents crushed it. Yeah. You know? So like, if you're just like, Hey, you did the best you could, that's a huge uh, relief for them. Mm -hmm. And then a, a huge burden off of, 
our shoulders if we just realize that our parents just simply did their job of raising us. Right, and it's exactly. our it's our it's our responsibility to grow into the people that we are. So yes. I don't know. Your story's yes. fast got me off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. And so it's just it fascinates me too, because when I was just going down this road, I mean, once you once you look at your parents as just humans and adults and like you cut the that relationship bullshit, like yeah, you put that away for a second. Um, then you just start to see like, oh, yeah. then you look at how they talk to and act with their parents. And then right. you're like, it gets even clearer. Um, right. and I chalk it up to the fact that like, I was just, my parents didn't know how to handle me. Like, that's just what it was. Like they didn't have the tools in their tool belt to parent a child who was very, very curious and um, you know, always asking questions. And then she was like emotional. And, um, my dad was raised with all brothers. So like, he didn't know like how to talk to a little tiny girl human, like (laughs) he didn't have the tools for that. Um, so that's what it came down to. And, you know, that was the root of my frustration is that I didn't feel like heard and validated. Right. What's what's interesting. And, and Joe Rogan said this before where he said that we know, as much, if not more than anybody that's ever lived ever. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at your parents as you, and you realize that they're just winging it and yeah. because that's oh, yeah. what we're doing, like, we're just <laughs> like, screw it. I'll try that. Maybe it'll work. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yep. especially like in a, in a independent business owner standpoint, like where you are and where I am, there's mm-hmm. some months where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make rent. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. then, so like, that's what I'm saying. Like the, if you look at how you are right now, and then you start to realize how crazy your life would be if you had a child. And mm-hmm. then like in our situations where you're like, man, if I take the stress of maybe not making rent and then add a child on top of that, that's crazy. You know yes. what I mean? So no wonder parents are crazy. They're yes. just trying to make it. And so you're just like, you're just like looking at all of these other parents being like, God, you look so tired. How are mm-hmm. you even? I'm so proud of you for making it to the gym. I'm, right. so, I'm so proud of you for doing all this stuff. Like, how do you even do that? Like it's, it's, it's amazing. So it's you miraculous. Know, yep. kudos to parents that made yep. their children's into adults. That's yes. what I'm saying. So, so, and who are currently raising tiny here. <laughs> oh Cause it's such an insane, like undertaking. And I don't think, so it's, you know, I equate it to one of the only things that I know, which is like owning a dog, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't, you, so you're like, I'm going to get a puppy. Mm-hmm. And then you have the puppy and you're like, hold on. I have to take this thing out at night, like right. one in the morning and like four in the morning and I have to set up alarms and then I have to feed this thing and I have to exercise it more than I exercise myself. And you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, wait, this is crazy. You know, yep. so it's like, I don't know. It's a thing. So I digress. Um, so, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm talking about, what I really want to start working on because this is a thing that 
I've been really kind of preaching. If anybody follows me on Instagram, like I post my movement of the day and then my meditation of the day. And my mm -hmm. meditation of the day is the work that, right. and that's kind of what I want to unpack is like, so, and I post the meditation of the day because it resonates with me. And I feel like since it resonates with me, it might resonate with other people. Totally. Right. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the work because I feel as though that is one critical piece that is missing in today's society is people are really afraid to sit with themselves and unpack their shit, which is essentially what the work is. Right. So like, what's my problem? Where is this coming from? Is this mine or is this my parents? Is it my brothers or my sisters? Is it my girlfriends or my wife's? Like, is yeah. this my shit or is this somebody else's shit that they have given unwillingly to me? So it's like, right. it's a complicated thing. It's very complicated for sure. Yeah. But I don't think we ever give ourselves, like you said, that space or that time to be like off of our social medias and yeah. Netflix to actually like think about it and feel about it. Um, and that's, that's honestly where I've gotten to the point where I'm talking with, you know, clients and how I set up training sessions with my clients and what I talk to coaches about is like, we have to create the space for people to do the work while they're with us, right. because this is the only time in their day that they may be getting time to themselves. Um, like someone to judge or someone to support them with non-judgment. Um, I mean, nine times out of 10, my clients come in and we talk the whole time about the, their shit or whatever, because I'm the only person that will listen and not try and solve it or give them advice, whatever, you know, what other, other people do. Um, so I think that's a huge responsibility on our shoulders to be very, very aware of a lot of things, um, as you and I know, like the energy that we're bringing to our sessions, to um, how we're creating movement for our clients and exactly what they need versus what we want them to do because of our shit. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so many layers. Um, right. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. It's an incredible responsibility that mm -hmm. I think is, is largely overlooked. And I think, yeah. you know, um, and we'll get to the personal training part in a second. Yeah, um, but I think, uh, you know, just, just giving a shit about them is, mm -hmm. and, you know, so not to say that their, their spouse or their boyfriend or their girlfriend or whoever doesn't give a shit. I'm saying that we are coming from an out, outside perspective, mm -hmm. I think, which is really helpful for them. But then being able to just speak without judgment, because regardless right. of how much you love somebody, there's still judgment there based on what they're saying because of that intimate relationship that you have. Right. So then when somebody comes in and is like, well, this is my problem. You can't like, I'm not there to solve their problem, but maybe I can steer them in a direction that can help them solve their own problem or realize that it's not even their problem at all. And that that's just an, an unnecessary amount of stress that they're just carrying around on them. Yep. It's the I love yeah, that's like the best part. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so, you know, like I taught a kin stretch class today and um you know, we just sat there and talked most of the time and I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, we should probably move some stuff, I guess. Like, I don't know. That's why yeah, you're here. Like wiggle right? our toes and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do some intrinsic foot strength and talk about uh -huh. our brains and how weird we are. Like right, it's right. just so weird. Yeah. I I find myself 
So going back to your doing the work question, um, or like statement, I don't know what it was, but I'm coming okay. back to it, yeah. Yeah. is that it has taken, I was, tr I was honestly trying to think about this because I've been in business for six and a half years now. And, you know, I started diving into like all the things as soon as I started because I needed to learn how to run a business. And then you stumble across like people who are helping other people run businesses that are like heart led businesses and, you know, person led and human led, like human focused instead of like money focused, like that can come along, like how to do great marketing and mail campaigns, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you stumble upon the people who have done and grown businesses from that like straight up just like love and passion of serving others and then you really just go down the rabbit hole of like reading and digesting and listening as much as possible and then I think the biggest component is seeing what others have done and learning from them but I think too many times people get caught up in like oh they did it that way so I'm gonna try and do it kind of like what they did it and like copy them or take what they practiced, you know, their modality and like only stick to that one modality of practice because that's what made someone else successful. So they're going to do that too. Um, and I'm sure Andy and you and I have talked about this before, but it's almost like you take everything in and then you like figure out how it sits with you and like how it feels and then you regurgitate it in some way that is your uniqueness um but it can like as I was thinking about this I'm like it's really overwhelming the amount of books that I've read and like websites and blogs I've read and things that I've listened to to like get to this point where I am right now I don't think I could ever tell someone the vast <laughs> amount of work that I've done besides like just go and read <laughs> or listen to as much as possible and like journal the shit out of everything well, and how so, it sits with you. Yeah. So I don't, I don't journal as much as I just regurgitate. Right. And so right. like when I learn something that I'm excited about, I talk to everybody mm. about it and I just like yeah, to yeah. everyone whether they give a shit or not, I'm talking to you about it. Yep, yep. So that's how I get it out. Right. So, but that's like the thing. Um, so I started this, uh, full-time journey of helping people essentially like yeah. four years ago. And mm -hmm. ever since then, I've just been like hitting these roadblocks with people like, why can't I make this person better? Mm -hmm. Oh, because of this, I need to go learn this. I need to know this. I need to know that. And then mm -hmm. that puts you down this path of right. where you're meeting people that are like, Hey, I've ran into that problem. Go take this or go listen to this or do this. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like four years later, um, you know, you're ju I'm just here like, Holy shit. So like, what? It's, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I got a, I, um, was it's fortunate like the exposure, enough to, yeah. right. So I was fortunate enough to receive an inheritance from, uh, my grandmother who passed away to where, and after, a couple months of discussion with my wife on what to do with it. She was just like, mm -hmm. invest it in yourself and in your business. And I'm yeah. like, cool. Awesome. Boom. And then I just took every freaking education course that I could possibly ever take. Oh, and then amazing. just accelerated to the point where like I am now. 
And so, you know, even last year, like I'm supposed to get 25 hours of continuing education every two years. Mm -hmm. I took 150 last year. So I'm just like, so this year I'm just like, okay, what are we doing? And Andy's like, (laughs) we're starting a course. And I'm like, cool. What is it about? And it's like, he's like, everything, everything that we know. And I'm like, that's complicated because that's, that's loaded. Right. And so so that, that whole first day that we were outlining, we were just like, okay, so this is like what the culmination of our thoughts are. And this is how we point people where to go. Mm -hmm. Because like, as you know, like you're like, when you start, like for me, I was like, I want to be a massage therapist. And for you, you were like, I want to be a trainer. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, cool. So now what do I do? You know what I mean? And then (laughs) like, what? Right. And then once you start thinking about Like, so if you think too much, then you get overwhelmed, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that you just said. Like, if I think about everything that I've learned and everything that I've consumed over the last like couple of years, then it's just overwhelming, but you don't realize it in the moment because you're just doing, right? And so that's the key to success is starting because Mm -hmm. you can't be successful if you just overthink shit. You just have to go for it, right? And so, man, and then so that's like... So then going back to like the responsibility that we have of, you know, because it's a responsibility psychologically, and then it's a responsibility movement wise as well, because Mm -hmm. we can literally affect their whole entire day psychologically, but we can really affect the way that they move and the way that their genes express their proteins in the way that we train them. And so you know, one of my favorite quotes from Andrea Spina is force is the language of cells and movement is what we say, but we have to be, we have to speak clearly for mm. each person because of the, what they need. Right. So, mm-hmm. cause I've, you know, made that mistake where I'm like, well, I'm doing this. So that's what they're doing too, but that's not mm-hmm. what everybody needs. Right. And yeah. so that's uh, it's, it's so loaded and we have, just so I think that that's a big separator between us and everybody else is that we realize that it's a huge <laughs> responsibility and then we act accordingly. Whereas everybody else just looks at it as a job, right? Right. With general programming and 30 <sighs> people in a class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, right. yeah. I can't go down that rabbit hole. No, right now. no. So. <laughs> so yeah, I just made the the sever from that permanently and I'm just rocketing down my path of whatever it is. It's awesome. Yeah. And so Yay. yeah, super <laughs> awesome. So um yeah, then unpacking your stuff. We're going back to that again because that is part of your responsibility. Because mm-hmm. you can't be going in and providing a safe place if you're unsafe right? Or if you have your own shit or if they trigger something in you, because if somebody triggers something in you, then that means that it was already there and it has nothing to do with them. So that means you got to sit with that, right? So then what you were talking about earlier, which is just spending time with yourself, you know, so like after I made this clean break from what we were just talking about, like I just drove around like without any podcasts, any music, any audiobooks, any anything. And mm-hmm. then, you know, was out there just on the basketball court by myself, just shooting basket 
like shooting hoops terribly because I'm so bad at it, but Mm -hmm. you know, just like figuring it out and unpacking that whole situation because it's an emotional situation and just, you know, like that's really, really important is to just work on yourself and we just don't spend time doing that anymore. Yeah. And it's a huge thing that I tell people is, you know, especially when it comes to like meditation, cause that's all people think that mindfulness is cause it's just a popular thing right now. Um, and like I, for me and my body, I can't, like, I don't choose to meditate. Um, but I will go and I like the other day I posted like my park workout and mm-hmm. I didn't have any music. It was just me and the the park and whipper, um, the chihuahua, my puppy. Mm-hmm. And I just did whatever like my body wanted to do. And I, before I went, I had like stuff happen and I was like, I need to like process this stuff out. Yeah. Um, And so I just went and I was allowed to just move my body and just do what it wanted. But, and at the same time, you know, in between when I was breathing and I took breaks, like, you know, I would think about stuff and I would process it in my brain and then I would get back to moving my body. And it was like just this interplay between the two. And that's, that's what I do. Like, that's how I focus on my breathing and my breath and, um, clearing that energy out. And it's going to look different for everyone. Um, and I think that that's where I tell people when they're like, oh, I can't sit for that long. And I'm like, well, you can try sitting and that's fine. You know, sit for five minutes and see what happens. But maybe like you like to just practice handstands and like, that's what you like to do for 10 minutes or whatever. Maybe you just do, you know, some foam rolling in silence. I, you know, I, so I'm not this, the person. Yeah. The silence part is the key, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, even with driving, I'm still focusing on stuff I I have two dogs at home and I make sure that I'm a good dog owner and they don't stay in their crates more than a couple hours at a time so I'm like Mm -hmm. going to work and then coming back and going to work and coming back so I drive a lot yeah I just crush podcasts and audiobooks right and so right right. but if you just do that in silence that's probably you know two hours out of my day maybe even more where I'm just sitting with myself you know what I mean you can figure out a lot of stuff there um yes and it's, but that's an active choice, right? Because everyone's right. habit is to like turn on the radio or turn on a podcast or turn on Spotify, right? So providing so that's another one of my favorite uh, Andreo Spina quotes is he says, "If you don't, if you tell me you don't like to meditate, what you're really saying is you don't like to concentrate on stuff." Mm-hmm. And so that's what that is. So mm-hmm. you have to make a conscious effort to be like, "This is bothering me. I need to concentrate on this," right? And and not, yeah. you know do whatever distract yeah or like I gotta call my sister I gotta call my mom or whatever it is you Mm -hmm. know what I mean sit with yourself Mm -hmm. for a while and that's really hard you know it's really hard for people and it's really scary but that's the the archetypal hero story where you know the hero goes into the subconscious which is the cave Mm -hmm. and then fights the dragon which is his demons and then comes out with the treasure at the end you know what I mean it's just the way it is I love hero dreams yeah <laughs> they're all hero journeys right they're on. all hero journeys <laughs> absolutely so uh, so tell me what you have been doing and what you are doing now so i think that that's that one of the reasons why i wanted to get you on the podcast other than the fact that we're friends and talking to each other is fun but uh yep <laughs> um, so um you so you're kind of transitioning from 
primarily coaching um, pregnant women and then postpartum women, and then mm. moving into the space where you're teaching coaches how to coach them. Right. Well, yeah, but life happened. <laughs> yeah. I was actually talking to Ryan about this today. Um, so yes, well, so for four years, I've been already teaching coaches. Um, right. My ex-boyfriend and I created a 10-hour course where we um, taught primarily CrossFit coaches around the world how to train their pregnant women and moms. Um, and it was mainly a CrossFit style presentation. Um, and it still is a CrossFit continuing education course through CrossFit HQ. Um and yes, I love the in-person experience of teaching um, multiple professionals. We've had yogis and personal trainers at the courses as well, chiropractors, um, anyone who wants the information. So I've been teaching coaches for the past four years, but it's always been um, like the side gig to actually training one-on-one -on -one in small group in person for pregnant and postpartum women. Um, that's what I've been doing primarily for the past six years. And so for the four years, <laughs> I've just been like walking this line of who I'm talking to in, you know, the marketing space. Am I talking to coaches or am I talking to women? Whom, like, who am I spending the most time supporting? Um, and it's, I, I've felt like it's pulled me in half where I finally got clarity like this past week, even where I'm just like, it doesn't need to necessarily be, you know, 50, 50, like it can ebb and flow who I'm talking to and what I'm saying <clears throat> in regards to whatever I'm posting and who it's focused towards. Right. Um, <clears throat> but uh, last, it was probably like last Friday, um, I had the opportunity to work with a really good friend on her coming and like coaching with me. And I was really stoked because I've been a solo entrepreneur this whole time. And the, the chance to have like a partner just sounds really fun yeah. <laughs> to share some of the burden of like stuff. And uh, actually have someone to like make decisions with, like sounds really nice. Um, and so this has happened before. So this is like the learning experience that I'll get to is that she had life happen. And now it's kind of like, Oh, Colleen's on her own again. And that isn't like forever, but it's right. the current situation. And so I've had it happen before where people get really excited to come on board and join me for stuff. And then whatever life experiences happen to them, they just end up bailing on what we have, like what we were talking about. So for me, I was like kicking myself because I was like, man, I fell for it again. Like bright, shiny object, like excitement. And then it like wanes and it's a whole, whole thing. Um, so I've just been processing that and the point of my story is that her and I were talking about leading pregnancy and postpartum sessions, but with a family component. So involving the kids and involving the partners in the playground and in the parks, because that's what we all need. We all need more 
outside time. We all need more family time, movement, climbing, monkeying around, all that good stuff. Um, we're also like reducing a lot of barriers because with parents, it's like, oh, well, if I go to the gym, my partner has to stay home. Or if we both want to do something, we have to find a sitter, et cetera, et cetera. So we're lowering the barriers of entry by being like, it's for the whole family. We have age appropriate curriculum and all that good stuff. So I was just, you know, I was disappointed, but that's my own stuff um, in that experience. And I've been working through that. Um, but yeah, since I talked with you, it was like, I want to coach coaches, but then I got pulled into this just amazing idea of this family concept and it excites me way more, um, to involve kids in what we're doing. Um, cause as I said in the beginning, like I've always worked with kids. I've always coached soccer, been a nanny or babysitter. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm now babysitting my good friend's kid who's two and a half and she's like the most amazing thing ever um I'm babysitting her once a week so I get like super kid playtime and it just sets my soul on fire um but then I get to return her yeah. <laughs> so that's like the best thing <laughs> yeah. that's the best part of this setup um but just like exploring with her and the excitement that I get around helping adults have more play in their life and then also having kids move more because that's a big thing in our culture right like kids aren't moving enough they're not climbing trees they're not getting to the playground enough they're not getting enough recess at school um so creating that safe space for the entire family to potentially change how they relate to each other yeah. um, and to change how they're communicating and to just build a deeper relationship than like the shit that's on the surface um, of the roles of mom, dad, kid one, kid two, kid three, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, just for them to like witness each other together in that environment too, I think is really cool. That's so interesting. So that's like one of the things um, that like the, for some reason, parents are confused by that. Like, yeah. how do I stay in shape with a child? Mm -hmm. You play. It's, <laughs> it's really easy. Make your child tired. Right. Yeah, we talked you know about I mean? this. Good <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work the way you think. And so, right. But it's interesting because um, uh, so me and um, the, the CrossFit gym that I used to coach at, formally um and uh parted ways um because my ideals are so far away from what crossfit is and and yeah. we just mutually agreed that this wasn't a beneficial relationship for anybody anymore and yeah. so you know but being in that space you know there's there's uh new moms that are frustrated because they go to the gym but then they feel burdened by like having the coach like hold their kid and so yeah. they can like work out so yeah. then they're over there in the corner pouting because you know they can't work do the workout that they want to do and i'm like you have this child that needs your love and you can move with your child you know what i mean like so yeah. create like baby workouts like you can do walking lunges with your child. You could do like good mornings with your child. You could do like mm -hmm. push presses with your child. You could do all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, yep. it's this thing where you just, if you, like, okay. So here's my other thing is like, so I am 
going back to kind of the original CrossFit model, which is where your gym should be building skills for what you do outside of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but people put so much emphasis on the gym. Right. And so this is something I'm trying to really work through with myself right now by practicing what I preach is by doing more stuff outside the gym and um, building new skills within it. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- it just if you just go outside and just play with your kid and, and figure out what they want to do and run around with them. Like what's, what is this weird thing where adults aren't allowed to play anymore? We have to be serious all the time. What is that about? Where does this come from? Uh, I don't know. It's passed so down weird. from generations before. Uh, it's generations. <laughs> oh, it's getting us. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think that that's really interesting, but I also think that, um, just from kind of an outsider's perspective, like I see where you're coming from, but also the need to coach coaches is incredibly important because especially like in, in the CrossFit space where they're so single minded, where they're just like, I don't know, it's not CrossFit. I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so like going in and teaching the coaches is equally as beneficial as teaching these families and which is equally as beneficial as teaching pregnant women which is equally as beneficial as teaching postpartum women it's all i same thing yeah i think this need to do it in person is my my brain telling me that it's going to help me practice what i actually want to be teaching coaches right because right now it's literally like oh, you do Olympic lifting? Here's how you keep your pregnant women safe in those lifts. And that's it. There's like, it's so cut and dry for me right now. And I hate it. And because I'm different than four years ago when we made that. And I, I mean, it's going to explode into something that's emotional, mental, spiritual, movement, play, get more creative, get different equipment in your gym, throw balls at each other. Like it's going to get crazy (laughs) compared to what it is now. And so I think the in-person family stuff is me programming and like flexing my own muscles to like figure out and experiment. And then I it will continue to tweak the the course and the presentations to other coaches to help them think outside of the box literally and figuratively um, of what they're, what they're buying into for their movement, you know, application. And it doesn't have to look just like your level one, you know, it can be, it can be so, it can be so like fluid and like beautiful. It doesn't have to be what it is. Um, So having the experience behind that I think is why I'm being so called right now to just practice before I preach, I guess. Right. So what's interesting to me, and this is something that I learned from my wife because my wife Mm -hmm. asks all of the questions. Yeah. Drives me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But if I can't answer it, then I need to know why. Right. Uh And so that's what I started doing. So some, mm-hmm. if you're like, okay, so we need to know how to teach women how to do a snatch while they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing a snatch while they're pregnant? 
if you can't clearly articulate that answer to me, mm -hmm. then they shouldn't be doing it. Right. And then they should be doing something else. Yeah. Why are they doing cleans? Mm -hmm. You know, cause they could be squatting. That's great. They could be, you know, if they're having problems deadlifting, like we, you know, sumo deadlifts, give them more room, like whatever, like that's fine. Like I don't, so there's all this, there's also this weird stigma that women shouldn't work out when they're pregnant, which is stupid. And we'll mm -hmm. talk about that in a second. But like, mm -hmm. if you like, why are women doing kipping pull-ups? when they're pregnant. Oh, I, I ask people that all the time. Right. Because <laughs> they'll be like, can I keep doing this? I'm like, but why do you want to keep doing it? So for time <laughs> or for load or because that's what the RX workout is, is an unacceptable answer. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Because that's not an answer. That's just, the, that's just the shit that you say when people are like, why are you doing 150 wall balls for a workout? It doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So yeah. How um, is it serving you? Right. And you're, that's, End That's, game of birth. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're, so, but I do think, you know, like there's a reason why women give birth and men don't. It's because they are stronger than men and mm -hmm. they are more capable than men are. And so um, that's just my opinion. Take it how you want. <laughs> I love it. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's no way a man could have a baby. I'm just gonna yeah, we have like the uterus and everything. So, <laughs> right. Right. But I'm just saying. So, like, you know, I think that women like that's going to be one of the most physically demanding events that they're ever going to go through in their life. Why shouldn't mm. they be physically prepared for that? Correct. And so that's how I feel about it. And so, yeah. but force is the language of cells and movement is what we say. We need to speak clearly, especially to women who are pregnant in my opinion, mm -hmm. and especially postpartum. I think that's incredibly important too. And so because there's another thing that happens where they have their baby and then they're just like, well, I'm peeing all over the place. Okay. So <laughs> why are you doing workouts that are making you pee all over the place? Let's talk mm -hmm. about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they feel like they have to keep up or get back to it or whatever the ego is saying. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I've heard there's so many reasons why I don't particularly you know, um, I don't know, cultural stigmas on not realizing how beneficial rest actually is. Um, there's so many things, but with the pregnancy component, um, I love that saying because if we go down like the rabbit hole of you you're like you're creating a human from your stuff yeah. <laughs> and energetically emotionally all genetically you know what you eat and all the things and all the stories as if we talked about the stories that get passed down to our fetus and our children as well um I'm always telling or talking about that with women is like you can't just like hammer, hammer, hammer during your pregnancy and then expect your pelvic floor to relax during birth to like let the baby out. If you've never practiced relaxation, like your body doesn't know what that is. <laughs> like you haven't talked to it and trained it and had a conversation to actually allow that to happen. Um, and speaking with midwives, you know, when I go to conferences and stuff and I tell them what I do and they're like, oh, we don't even, you know, I had one midwife that said she didn't even take CrossFit clients 
um, to do like home births or hospital births because their C-section rates are so high and they don't want that in their practice. And I'm like, fuck dude, like that's like really important for people to hear. (laughs) Like, like they're, they literally are rejecting women because they're just so tight and quote unquote too strong for lack of a better word. Um, that they just can't relax or birth or their, you know, whatever, whatever happens to that, those women in the birth experience. But, um, that's like a huge loss to the woman to have that support of a midwife. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation. But I think that just talks to the current state of like fitness and why women are going so hard and why, why are you going so hard in pregnancy when it's supposed to be this time? But I think our culture has very different splits um, between super athletic, keep going, be a badass, you can do it. Pregnancy athleticism is a thing, which it is, but also there's that population doesn't have the rest is okay. Take it day by day, you know, slow is fast mentality. And, but then on the other side, you have, you know, super laid back, um, no, like yoga style mentality of I'll just do prenatal yoga. And that's not the answer either because you need to lift weight against gravity. Like your body needs to know how to produce force because that's birthing a child and you need to know how to breathe through that. And like, you only get that when you lift things up and put them down. So it's this whole conversation and this whole uh, bringing together of these two worlds of finding the gray between the black and the white. Yeah. So that's, So that's where my movement practice is heading and and where I'm trying to get my clients to go is you have to realize that you don't have to get dragged through the rocks every single day in order to get a workout in. But it's funny because like when, when, when people start CrossFit, they really don't know how to work out after that. And so then they're like, well, I'm over CrossFit. So I'm going to go to orange theory, (laughs) (laughs) the same thing. Or I'm gonna go, oh you know, God, or I'm gonna that. go do like OPEX, which is just like CrossFit with more intelligent strength and conditioning on it. Or right. I'm gonna go do whatever. I'm a spin class, or uh, another one of my clients came in said she got hurt doing strength Zumba, and I'm like, God damn it! Like, what why the you hell doing? is that? I don't know, man. <laughs> but it's like it's so dumb, and it's it's so like <laughs> so. What's interesting is that so basically what I'm hearing is is that you need to treat um, the birthing process like a competition. Uh, So stick with me. So you have to train for it, but then there has to be a tapering period. Correct. So that when you are, so you're not just completely overtrained by the time that you get to have your baby. And then, you know, there needs to be a rest period afterwards where then you ramp back up. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I talk about periodization. Like I created like a motherhood periodization graph um, (laughs) that I give to the coaches um, because that's exactly what it is. Like you do the work and then you get to those last weeks in the third trimester and you taper and it's, yeah, it's going to be very different than 
you know, what you're used to. Um, you're bigger and slower and that's okay. And then that's going to allow you the space, uh, the space to like nest and prepare and plan and get all your ducks in a row for the main event. Um, and then post that postpartum period. Like what does your rest look like? Who's helping you? Who's supporting you? Um, but if you're just going, going, going up into the day you give birth, you never gave yourself that time and space to like energetically, like get ready. Um, and so what I've been talking about to people about is that like, you're, that's a stress response. And Mm -hmm. so like, if you're stressed out and then you go to the gym and then that's another stress response and then you're constantly just in that sympathetic state and you never actually get out of it, then mm-hmm. that's going to be a stressful environment for your child, right? Yep. And so and babies and we were, Andy was talking about this in relation to something the other day, but um, we have so many studies on like infants and parents and physiological responses but if you if your heart rate around any child is erratic that's all they can feel and those those waves coming off from you and that causes them to be upset and emotional and cry all the time or whatever so the more you can down regulate yourself when you're around a newborn or any kid um the better the relationship is going to go because that kid is going to be calm in your energy field of what it's picking up because that's what it picked up, you know, that whole entire time it was in you. That's all it heard, all it felt. Um, and when parents are stressed out, then their kids are, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, they're colicky, you know, all the things because their environment is now unsafe to them. Right. And so, God, it's amazing that we made it this far. It's amazing. I know, right? <laughs> like, how did that happen? It's so, like when you start going into like that, uh, you know, even that amount of detail of like being so mindful during your whole entire pregnancy process, mm-hmm. how, like that's, in, that's incredibly important. Like, mm-hmm. and, but then you start like, God, I just learned a word for it. But like, if you walk it, you have somebody walk in the room and they're just like angry from the drive over. And then you're just like, it's on me. You know what I mean? And then you feel it too. Like your kids are even more of a magnifying glass Mm -hmm. for that because then they're like, well, did I do that? They don't have the, the clarity that we have where we're just like, Oh, she was just pissed off because somebody was tailgating her literally the whole Mm -hmm. time. The kids are like, what did I do wrong? You know what I mean? So then, even before they're capable of abstract thought, they, they sense they're, they're picking up on your emotions because they're the closest to you and that can affect them in the long run. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they're just picking up on your, what's coming off of you. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we see it, I don't know data off the top of my head and like statistics, but, um, I know just from experience of training women through their pregnancy and then their experiences postpartum um, as well. But when moms are stressing through their pregnancy, they have stressed babies. Like they're, they're like really hard to calm and soothe. Um, And that can be a combination of the parents continuing to be stressed and then they're stressed about the baby. And then the baby has been bathed in stress, you know, for 
10 months um, in utero and then they come out into the world and they're not getting, that's just how they are. Cause that's what yeah. they know. Right. Um, that's how they've been reacting to things that have been going on in their environment. So yeah, it's a crazy paradigm. And, you know, when we talk about pregnant women, you know, needing to calm down cause it's affecting baby, it's affecting way, way, way more than just like being bathed in cortisol or whatever. Um, right. they're actually like learning how to process input and then it's like, Oh, you want to calm baby, but then you're stressed out all the time and they come out and it's like, well, they're a product of you and what you did <laughs> <laughs> for 10 months. Oh um, God. and it's really hard pill to swallow that that's, you know, your responsibility, but, um, I think we need to get there and we need to like talk about it more and push that conversation more to actually for people to make changes to managing their stress and their space and their time. And, um, especially in this time as a soon to be parent or parent, it's like, you got to breathe and calm the fuck down before you go and pick up your child. Because if you want it to be calm and like conducive to whatever you're trying to teach it or show it, like you have to be present for that experience first. Right. And, and yeah. it doesn't help that children are little drunk people. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. running amok. So once I started looking at them like that, I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, because yeah. if you look at it from an adult perspective, it's like, why did you just break that thing? Like, it doesn't even make any sense. Like you were just sitting there watching your iPad peacefully and then all of a sudden you're destroying my stereo. What happened? <laughs> but then you're like, oh, they're just drunk. It's all right. And then, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Just, whatever. Uh, and so it's, uh, I don't know. It's crazy. So, that. so, man, see, but that's why I think it's so critical that you start um, that coaching coaches, you mm -hmm. know, because like the fact that you are uh, training these women through their whole entire process is huge. And I think that mm -hmm. that is largely necessary and grossly underutilized. Yes. And so like how many people in, in San Diego do that? Probably just me, like only. Okay. How, I mean, what's the let's talk about the population of San Diego. No, I'm saying like there are probably personal trainers that train pregnant women and moms. Right. Um, but I don't know if they necessarily niche that. Um, right. but like, and I also don't know how they're training them. That's either. what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So like, are they training them correctly and are they giving them the right advice and are they making sure they're moving properly for, for what they need and not mm -hmm. what their other clients need? You know right. what I mean? So yep. like if, if, so that's a huge hole in the yep. understanding of personal training. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's largely overlooked. And the fact that you're the one of the only people in, in amongst millions that know mm -hmm. what they're doing, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? That's a big deal. And, yeah. um, you know, but I also think that it's important for, you know, the path that you're on right now, maybe even more important because like families need to learn how to be around each other, which is yeah. really weird. And so <laughs> it so, is weird. Yeah. So I noticed this, um, you know, early 2009, 2010, I remember I was sitting in the movie theater getting ready to watch a movie and there was um, a commercial that came on 
And the gist of it was like, hey, dads, spend time with your kids. It's great. And I was what? like, really? Like, you're basically saying, hey, go spend time with your child. That's what that whole commercial was about? Yeah. Like, there's such a pandemic what? of children not being able to hang out with their parents. They yeah. had to put a commercial on it. In a movie then, theater. Right. But, and then I was working at a pizza place, and, you know, they, they – Friday nights, like we're super busy and people, um, the, a family would come in, they would put the kids on the video games. The parents would buy a pitcher of beer and go sit down. And then the kids would play video games and then the parents would hang out and drink beer. And that was their family night. And I'm like, that is so broken. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And that was back in 2009. Yeah. It's worse it's, now. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Everyone has smartphones and tablets. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So like when, so I have a park right down the street from my house. So that's like, you know, that's one of the things that I've been working really hard on over the yeah. last couple of months is getting out of my comfort zone. And when I was out there um, a few weeks ago, hanging out with you guys and Andy took me to the basketball court and I realized, holy shit, I am so bad at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and so I came home and bought a basketball immediately. And I live probably an eighth of a mile away from a basketball court. So, mm -hmm. you know, probably four or five times a week, I just go out there and I play basketball by myself or like, you know, but I don't, I, I see, I live in a, a pretty prominent neighborhood and I see probably two or three families at a time Yeah. out there at the park. You know what I mean? And yeah, I it's so sad. And I remember growing up just being like, like that was like parks were chaos. You know, know. what I mean? Yeah. Just like kids running around playing tag, breaking arms and all kinds of stupid shit, like falling so off good. of playground equipment. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And just like being crazy. But now you hardly see anybody out there, you know, like, you know, what I see most commonly out here is like, like Mexican families just crushing it. They have like a DJ mm -hmm. and their whole family is just running amok and it's awesome. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> but like, other than that, like that's about just it. Crushing it. <laughs> yeah. They're just oh like playing God. soccer and throwing yeah. footballs and kids just running around screaming and like you know like because if it's irritating in your house just take them outside and I put know, them on right? a playground equipment and they'll run around and scream where they're supposed to yeah, instead yeah. of in your face while you're trying to relax you know right it's, yep i don't know it's a yes it's, yeah it's a thing yes so it is a thing but then like teaching parents like i think that that's a i think that's really cool i'm really proud of you for doing that thanks <laughs> <laughs> thanks i'm really excited like i can't stop thinking about like games and different stuff so i know yeah. i'm on the right track if i'm like ruminating on like all of the things and just right. getting really stoked um because it is it's a i don't know it's busting a lot of like paradigms of like what you're capable of as a parent and that it doesn't need to look like a certain thing um and like that it's okay to like play in public. Like I think people are afraid to like look stupid as adults on like playgrounds and stuff. Everybody um, looks stupid anyways. Everybody's exactly, exactly. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, just being in community and building that community and um, just, yeah, just more play and like lots of laughing and like having fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to, but 
I mean, a big component is, is that it is like pregnancy and postpartum safe. Like I have a specific class for zero to four year olds during the week, and that'll be the stay at home parents. Um, and then weekend classes for different age groups. And like, it's going to be, it's on the website, but it's very, it's going to be repeated over and over again. Like if you're pregnant and you have a three-year-old, like you're still coming. (laughs) If you're six weeks postpartum and have a six-year-old, like you're bringing the newborn and you're bringing your six-year-old and like you're moving your body and everything is tailored to you and what you need. And kids will be involved and partners will be involved as well. Like there are at this point, like, I love you, but there are no excuses. Yeah. <laughs> like we're doing it. Um, and yeah, if we want to see change, we want like more community support. We want parent health programs. We want, you know, moms to have more maternity leave and dads to have more paternity leave. Um, we have to start doing, we have to take action and like doing this stuff for ourselves. Um, because it's not going to get done for us. And, um, if you want more community in your life, then get out of your house and get into community. Like (laughs) that's all I got. Fucking weird, right? (laughs) It's not hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) If you want to see more people go do shit. I don't know. Weird. (laughs) Why do we have to complicate everything so much? I don't know. Oh my God. So yeah, that's really amazing. And uh, so that's a big part of, um, I'm partnering up with a new gym yeah. and we're moving Ooh. into a new space and it's really exciting. And, and that's primarily what we're focusing on. Like I said before, is like per, we're building skills in the gym so that you could go outside and do stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you play racquetball, I'm going to make you a better racquetball player. I'm not going to make you spend all your time with me. Uh, mm-hmm. like I'm going to, Hey, did you go hiking? Did you go play with your dog? Did you yep. go play with your kids? Did you do this or that or whatever you, whatever you're doing? Like yeah. as long as you're doing something, because you know, like the, the, my personal belief is that the fitness industry is making you less athletic yes. because they're, you're spending way too much time in the gym instead of going out and using your athleticism. You know what I mean? Which is, yeah, yeah, it's just so interesting. I loved, um, like I keep repeating it and I love what you were talking about where, um, people need to stop being a liability. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think about that all the time because obviously I'm around parents with kids, but that like story that you told about the uh, dad on the, he couldn't pull his kid up. Yeah. Pick your fucking and, kid up. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think about that because I'm like, oh my gosh, like what if, you know, your kid was like falling off, you know, you were hiking and like they were going down the hill and you had to like pick them, you know, grab them and pull them, you know, back up to safety or even what yourself. If, like yeah. what if what you if, were doing something and you had to pull yourself up or right. climb that's what I'm saying. You know? And so, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a harsh way to say it, mm-hmm. but it's the only way that makes an impact on people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, what if your kid like falls and breaks their leg and, and you're incapable of carrying him back to the vehicle? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so, you know, that kid probably weighed 80 pounds. Yeah. That's a kettlebell. Yeah. Pick up a kettlebell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's like, it's so, it's like, it's like one of those things, like, like you should 
be a strong and capable and athletic parent. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's a lot of, you know, I've been spending a lot of time in airports and I've been seeing a lot of people that are frustrated at their kids because they're these overweight liabilities. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like yeah. you're mad at your kid because he's making you do something. Yeah. <laughs> do something chase yep yeah you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so um uh one of my friends um you met him ben ramos Mm -hmm. um so when i flew out there to uh for joseph's course when i met you um ben was actually flying to phoenix Mm -hmm. and he um brought a friend of his who i'm really good friends with now um his name is seb gonzalez he's a chiropractor up in um uh Huntington Beach. And so our idea was, so since I couldn't hang out with him in San Diego and he couldn't hang out with me in Phoenix, we were just going to hang out at the airport. So I drove down four hours early and then they flew in and we just walked around the airport. Okay. And I saw like for four hours, like just talking about everything. Mm -hmm. You know how we do it. Like, you know, like, (laughs) and so, um, and so there, a majority of the people that I saw, the, the parents were overweight and they were really frustrated with their kids because their kids were like running around and being crazy and wouldn't sit and just stare at their phone like their parents yeah. were. And yeah. we, you know, when, while we were saying our final goodbyes, we um, came up to this, uh, uh, the gate where I was supposed to go and fly out. Mm-hmm. And there was this lady just chasing her son around the departure screens where you just yeah. saw which flights are like she was just yeah. laps with that kid just yeah. around and around and we were we all just stopped all these movement professionals just stopped and we're just like holy shit that's the only lady in this that's entire lady. airport that's handling their kid appropriately right yeah right? like that kid just sat on an airplane for god knows how long like sprint with your child because yes. you probably need to do that too. Right? Yes. Like just, yeah. And they were just like spinning laps and laughing hysterically and weaving oh, yeah. in and out of people that were all so frustrated. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, get over yourself. Like, yep, that's what it so is. no matter what you think or how confident you are, you're not that cool. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. Like Nobody go make cares. an ass of yourself <laughs> with your kid. You know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> it's really amazing. So like, there's so much we can learn from our children, you know, yes. like, like if your kid thinks it's amazing, try and find the amazement in it mm-hmm. because it was amazing to you at one point too. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like if they're it's out so like, simple, right. Like if <laughs> they're so out nice. there looking, holy shit, look that airplane. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's amazing. That thing. <laughs> is going to pick you up and fly you across the country in just a few hours. Right. It's amazing. Look at it with your kid and be like, this thing is amazing. It's so weird that it's here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, just take off running and watch how your kid's face lights up because you're like them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. Just like be crazy. It's like, be I don't crazy. know. It's like They're this- so, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm really excited. Like there is so many lessons that we can learn from kids um, that we forget about or we just choose to ignore whatever um, as we grow older and all the stories and 
stuff yeah. start layering in. Um, he just piles up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I've just, I said yes immediately to watching, you know, my friend's two and a half year old, because I'm like, I just want to see how she engages with the world. And like, I want to join her in that and yeah. just explore and be creative and playful and silly again. Um, but yeah, once I got on her level and started like, um, wrestling and playing and I was down on the ground. And so she was like taller than me, you know, that's when she was just like, I love you, Colleen. I love <laughs> you. Like, um, cause before I was always like sitting or standing. And as soon as I got low, um, and like, you know, was on her level or even smaller than her, she was like, just enamored and like so excited about it and then we started you know playing like that and she respect not respected me but she um felt safe enough with me at that point which is just so cool to witness as well like all those I don't know there's just so many little things to witness yeah with them and so much fun and so so fun yeah when I was teaching uh those CrossFit classes, there was this uh, kid, he's like my best little friend ever. His name is Isaac mm -hmm. and he's like two and a half years old. And, you know, I don't, I do a terrible job of coaching when that kid's around because we're just <laughs> running him up. And so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like one, like one of the, my fondest memories of that kid is I'd like sat him up on top of like two 30 inch boxes that were stacked on each other. Mm -hmm. And then he would like get all amped up. <laughs> And then like leap off into my arms and he would just be like, Wah! and then like I put him <laughs> back up there and then he'd be like, and it was so much fun. And we did that for like 45 minutes. Oh my mom gosh. Was working out, you know what I mean? Yes. And yes. You just like <laughs> chase them around and, and <clears throat> tackle them and, and <laughs> they just have a great time. They throw balls or, or they, put Legos together and they're looking yeah, at yeah. this is and you're like that's amazing and they're like I know and then <laughs> just like have a great time that's all you gotta yes. do yep great. yeah have a great time yeah and yeah that acknowledgement and that validation and that you're paying attention that you're taking the time to like physically be present like that's what it's all about to them because they don't know you know anything right. else and so uh before we leave here I want to talk to you about like because you've you know, had this great idea, like two and a half weeks ago when I saw you, and then mm -hmm. that's completely evolved. And then that's completely involved from where it was. So that's like one thing that I want to talk to people about, like who are yeah. entrepreneurs and starting this new thing. It's yeah. a, it's a thing. And so like whatever great idea you have, the likelihood that it's going to work out is pretty low. And yep. so you need to just be like, okay, that didn't work. And then move along instead of focusing on that thing that didn't work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yep. so just it's it's really important to be really fluid with your ideas and and constantly adjusting and like you know putting out fires and this shit's not working now what am i going to do okay we're going to figure mm -hmm. this out and but uh also being really present in that journey and realizing that you are living your dream you know what i mean i think that's really absolutely important. absolutely yeah i definitely don't give myself enough uh credit that that is happening because you're yeah. just so uh like you want to serve so much and like help people that when it's slower or it's a, a different evolution of what you've been doing and so it's 
the beginning again can just seem very defeating, honestly. Like, I feel like I'm starting back at square one when I know it's not square one. It's just like 2.0. <laughs> um, and yeah, just keep failing, trying and failing and trying yeah. and failing yeah. <laughs> and learning yeah. and learning thing. and learning and learning and learning. <laughs> That's one thing that I learned from uh, CrossFit is that failure is not a bad thing. It's just a thing. It's just, oh, yeah, absolutely where you're not. right now. You yep. Know? Yep. <laughs> uh, so where can people find you? Uh, procreate with a K dot co is my website and currently have two Instagrams. Um, one is underscore procreate and then the other one is co-create parenthood and co-create is all c's no funky spelling um and that's just where i live is instagram right mostly. on it's no a good other place medias. yeah like, you know it's uh people really condemn uh social media but i think you know you could build such a phenomenal community of like-minded individuals and accomplish a yeah. whole lot just communicating with each other on that thing. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool in that regard. Absolutely. I love yeah. that global it's, aspect of it. Right. And it's all on how you use it, you know? Yep. So it's, the, Heck it's yeah. we live in the age of information. So if you're taking pictures of your butt, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes sir <laughs> so i think that's a good place to end it um so i want Perfect. to uh um make sure that i'm saying your last name right one more time so it's flaherty yes yeah all right job. right on all right thank you for talking to me my friend and we'll i'll be there in like a month or something i know i gotta go sign up <laughs> that's so good i'm so excited yeah